When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. The fast savage days. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello Cobblers fans, Keith Curl is happy for speculation to be made after dropping Ash Taylor, Sean McWilliams and Jack Bridge at the weekend. And even without a red card for the opposition, the team still managed to draw against high-flying Mansfield. I'm Charles and Neil and Danny, back from his holidays, join me to talk all things Northampton Town. This is It's All Cobblers to Me. So seeing as Keith is happy for others to speculate, let's do just that, shall we, boys? Do you think any of those three players will still be Cobblers players come August? Um, I think one of them will be, one of them might be, and one of them is probably not going to be. It's a good assessment. You're obviously fresh from your holidays. Did you have a good time? I had a lovely old time in Wales, um, which is why I couldn't come on the podcast. I, I do want to pick you up on the fact that you killed me off last week uh, to start off with. Um, Neil, that me, was Neil. That wasn't anything to do with me. I mean, you started, it was all Neil. It was, it was <laughs> in a nice way. Well, you have a go at me for talking about dead celebrities on here. And um, as soon as I pop off to Wales, you've, you've, announced, my, you've announced I'm dead to you. And, um <laughs> There was one comment on Twitter before it saying that they wished that I didn't do it by myself or something, wasn't there? So that person would have been happy, but um, very much alive and well and fresh from um, a week of Welsh breeze. So, um, But that wasn't the question, was it? That was just a little sidebar. Um, what was I saying? Something about Sean McWilliams, he'll stay. Jack Bridge probably will, might not, but Ash Taylor, I don't think will. It's good to have you back, Danny. Thanks. That that uh, top notch analysis of my holiday is why <laughs> seamless uh, transition. Why I'm paid five hundred pounds per episode. <laughs> <laughs> worth every worth every penny. 
worth every single penny. I mean, demanding a pay increase, obviously, when the contract talks start at the, at the start of May on this podcast. Keep, keep an eye on that. The live podcast in May when we have sit-down chats with Charles. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> that one to one, that one, to one episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Neil. You love a good bit of speculation, and I'm now giving you permission to do just that. Uh, Ash Taylor will be gone. Jack Bridge will be gone. Sean McWilliams will still be here unless someone buys him. So Ash Taylor will definitely go, as will Jack Bridge. And the only way I can see Sean McWilliams leaving is if, if there's interest in him and someone buys him. And I, and I think there was interest in him in January. Um, oh, really? Yes. Ooh, in the no now. Well, he, not not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there was a li- little bit of interest in him in January. So he's definitely on the radar of, of a few clubs, I think. And, you know, coincidentally, you know, his form has been a little bit up and down when he's played since January, hasn't it? So maybe it had an impact on him. He has been injured, though. In fairness, that that could be the reason for his up and down form. You know, that can't be can't be easy on the lad to keep finding himself in and out of the team due to injury. True, very true. But didn't uh, what's his name, Bert Troutman, play with a broken neck? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think Ash Taylor and Jack Bridge will definitely leave. Uh, Sean McWilliams, I suspect, will probably stay. I mean, of course, there are other players that a lot of speculation is going on about at the moment. Um, you've got the likes of Aaron Pierre. Aaron Pierre, people, lots of people speculating that, that he's going to be sold in the summer, um, or at least that other clubs want him, and that the club won't be able to turn down an offer because apparently we're on the bones of our ass. So we'll just have to sort of see what happens in the summer with Aaron Pierre. There's obviously a lot of speculation going on towards players like Sam Foley, who's out of contract, and David Buchanan as well, who is obviously club captain, crowd favourite, and um, possibly on his way. So uh, lots and lots of players could be heading out the door come the 1st of June. Happy days. I think you need a new chair, the first point there, Charles, if you're on the bones of your ass, so they need need some more comfortable seating it's an um, interesting comparison isn't it because I, I, where was that who said that that was that was a uh, a response to us on the hotel end by beds cobbler it at least proves we've got one listener so i'm quite happy yeah with that. yeah happy days it's an interesting point obviously uh, he's quite passionate about his view on the club and stuff isn't he and uh, i like to think some of what he says is a little bit tongue-in-cheek and stuff but to say the club's on the bones of its ass is is stretching it a little bit isn't it a club that's on the bones of its ass is is bolton maybe they're in berry berry they're in, I'd throw in there essentially there's some clubs that are really struggling right financially and stuff and yes in theory we're struggling a little bit you know you'd be going by the the debt money etc etc but Everyone's been paid on time and stuff. So, yes, there's things that could be improved. But to say it's on the bones of its arse is ridiculous. Agreed. Agreed, I, I think. So, uh, thanks for listening. But we just don't agree, I think, is the answer to that question, isn't it? I thought that was the end of the podcast for a minute. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, let's get back to the actual play situation. Um, David Buchanan, what, what do we think, guys? Do you think he's going to? get the opportunity to stay at least another year? Uh, I'm going to be a little bit careful because he's, I know he's well-liked by in some quarters. Um, mm. As a squad player, 
I'd keep him. I, I'm not sure. Personally, I think I'd like to see someone that's a bit more dynamic at, at left back or left wing back. Um, uh, and I, I think he's a he's a solid enough left back, but I think as a as a left wing back, I don't I don't think that's his game. Okay, Danny, what would you do uh, with Buchanan? Um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably just about virgin on keeping him as a squad player, like Neil. I think he's. He's a good club person, isn't he? I think you were talking about him last week or the week before. Been, he's, got, he's got the kind of face of the club about him. He's real good at that ambassador for the club and he's been here for a lot of years. And he's, he, I think he gives quite a lot in terms of the community stuff and and all that kind of thing. And I think that's quite important to, to having the squad. I don't particularly think he fits in as a starter. Um, I think we need to be moving on from him and potentially John Joe. Um, I would probably get rid of John Joe at the moment from what I've seen of him this season. I think Buchanan probably I would keep in the squad, in and around the squad, just to, um, as you were saying a couple of weeks ago, just to kind of keep, uh, introduce new players to the club and kind of keep that can, that one bit of continuity at least, I think. I think Charles was suggesting to keep David Buchanan as a cheerleader. A cheerleader for the club. A cheerleader for the club, which was an odd, <laughs> odd suggestion, Charles. <laughs> You're not too far off there, to be fair, Neil. I, I do. One of the things that that I would think of is that, you know, is there a way of fitting in um, in the budget David Buchanan to stay as a squad player, but maybe you pay him that little bit more for the extra work that he does in the community, and you basically say to him, look, you know, your main job at the club is going to be to be that link between the community and the team. Um, you already do that really, really well. There's there's absolutely no question of of how committed to the club the guy is. He's said countless numbers of times since he joined in the last four years that he loves playing for for this football club and that he'd love to stay until he hangs up his boots and retires from playing professionally. Um, I, I think that's really, really good. And that's, that's the kind of character that you maybe want to have around the club. Um, but like you both, I, I do wonder whether he he's a first name on the team sheet in that position anymore, um, which I think is a shame, personally. I, I think, you know, you, you've got George Cox, who's obviously just come back from his injury. Um, he, he came on in the second half, didn't he, against Mansfield? Um, so it, it makes me wonder the fact that he's actually come back, having not played since January. Most of the times, you would think that a low, a, you know, a, a loan contract like that would be terminated on the basis of an injury happening that that keeps a player out for so long. Um, so I wonder whether that that means that we're definitely looking to sign him in the summer uh, from Brighton. Um, therefore, Books's place is, is is possibly under threat, regardless, um, and he may well already know that. The one, the one area where I'd get rid of everybody is the, the strikers. I, I wouldn't keep any of them. Sorry, Danny. What about attacking midfielder? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jack Bridge is leaving. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've got any others, have we? Scott Pollock, I'd keep him. I don't, I don't think you've got a choice with that because he's only just signed a contract, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, been offered one at least. I'd, I'd, I, yeah, I would get rid of all the, all the striking options we've got and, Start afresh with uh, what's his name from Cambridge leading the line. <laughs> the bright, bright new frontier, uh, sprightly, sprightly young chap up front. 
<laughs> but I think part of our problem is has been creating and scoring. I think th- there's definitely some improvements that could be made in defence, but I don't think it's the biggest problem. Um, so I'd definitely I'd scrap the whole forward line and the the whole attacking midfield. I'd probably scrap. To be honest, I'd probably scrap. I've said it before. I'd scrap everyone, but, which obviously isn't going to happen. But I definitely would get rid of the strikers and the midfielders. Yeah, I think if you look at the League Two table, then I think we did this last week, didn't we, Neil? Where where we actually looked at our goals for and against. Um, um, I can't remember. And we've blocked out last week. So. <laughs> Well, we, we've scored 53 goals and conceded 55. So we're, we're equally as good at defending as we are bad at attacking, that seems to suggest. Um, the majority, if we look if we look at what the top sort of five have done in terms of their goal scoring, um, I mean, Lincoln, obviously, um, they're going to be crown champions, aren't they? More than likely, they've already been promoted. Um, they've scored seventy-three and only conceded thirty-eight this season. But Berry, they've conceded fifty goals, so roughly the same amount of goals that we've conceded. Yes, we've conceded five or so more, but they've scored seventy-six, which is twenty odd more than we have. So I think you kind of look at that and go, "There's more of an issue with our attacking than there is with our defending." Do you, do you think that's fair to say, Danny? Um, I think it's across the board from what I saw on Saturday again. I don't think it's particularly... So you've got to create the chances to, to put them away, haven't you? And, and it doesn't feel like we've had a like barren season, but it, again, when you look at look at Berry, you, you think you've got to... If, you, if you're going to be up there in the top, set, top three, top seven, you're going to be needing to to do more. So uh, I, st- I still think it's it's a completely across the board thing and not just a, solely the strikers. I mean... Before we get on to the game against Mansfield on Saturday, there was obviously that surprise. We've already talked about the fact that there were three players that didn't make even the squad, let alone the starting lineup, in Taylor, McWilliams and Jack Bridge. And so therefore the speculation is that those three players aren't going to be in Curl's plans for next season and beyond. Um, so therefore he was doing what a lot of the fans have been calling for, which is, you know, there's nothing left for us to play for. So what we'll do is we'll just just want him to play the players that he wants to actually have at his disposal in his team next season, which then leads to this whole speculation. He's left Ash Taylor out. He's left Jack Bridge out. He's left McWilliams out. He, the, he's doing what we want. I'd, well, I'd be amazed if Jack Bridge is here next year on, on the basis that he's not played him. And he's barely given him a he's barely given him a run, has he? And he had those couple of good games a while back, and then he's just not had a look in since. And so, more of the concern is those that he does play, which then makes you think, oh, maybe they're going to be here next year, which is worrying. At the same time, though, Neil, if you if if it was me, and I, there's plenty of players that I wouldn't be even considering renewing their contracts for next season, but. That if I if I turned around and went right, well, I'm I'm not going to play the players that I don't want here next season that aren't in my plans. You might end up not being able to field a five a side team, let alone an eleven side team. So you're kind of stuck, aren't you? you you're going to have to play some of those players that you don't really see fitting in with next season's team. Um, otherwise, what you're doing is a disservice to the league. You, you, I think this was something else you mentioned last week where you yep. know you said, well, we're not going to go and play a whole 
you know bunch of youth teamers because that's 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 not good for the league. You know, it doesn't help the likes of Macclesfield, Notts County, um, who else is down there? Yeovil. You know, we, we've got two of those three teams to play in the last four games of the season. If we go and put weak team a weaker team out against Macclesfield than we do against Yeovil, then that doesn't look good, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And I, and I think that's absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it just needs a big overhaul, doesn't it? And it's going to be an interesting summer. Um, who knows what will happen? It's very difficult to predict, isn't it? I'm, I'm sure Keith Curl has a has a plan in place. I know there was a, a few rumours flying around that one sign-in has already been agreed. Uh, I'm sure it's not the only one that's been agreed either. Um It'll just be interesting to see what our what our starting lineup is in the first game of the season next season, and what formation we're playing and, and stuff. Because it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the, the style of football and stuff is is relatively poor at the minute, which is something that's been levelled at, at um, BDK quite a bit. But he's not got a huge amount of choice, has he? Because the, the players just just aren't capable, and mm-hmm. and he, he's called that out himself, hasn't he? That he's, he's just said, look, they're not. They can barely do the, the simple things right, let alone play a more expansive attacking game of football and stuff. So it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's right, though. It's, um, like watching it again on Saturday, this is the problem we've got now, is we've got players who probably know they're not going to be here, mixed with players who are trying to fight for all their life to be here. Um, not many of them, I don't think, but a couple of them. There's players that know they probably will be here, and it's, it's just a mishmash of, of that, and there's just no sort of cohesion between them and no kind of sense that they're all doing it or they're all going somewhere together. And it just, it really feels like there's um, a big mix of, of different kind of categories of players that just needs to be sorted out. It's not going to be sorted until the summer. So this is what we've got to the end of the season now. Um, and I expect there to be quite a big overhaul of the squad. And it's, a, I think it's, in terms of the history of the club, I think it's actually quite a big summer um, because we can't go sacking managers again. And apparently there was talk on one of the coaches at, on the way back from Notts County, that Cole should be going, and what? It's just we, we can't, we can't. I know. They could, they, according to people around me, um, uh, it just we just can't be going around that cycle again. And I think it's just a really, really important summer for us to get right, and we've got to get it right, player wise, um, or else we just start the cycle all over again. But what's it going to achieve? Sacking Keith Curl at the minute, it, like he's, he's got. With all due respect to the the players who are footballers, and I'm sure they're all lovely guys and stuff, but he's got a load of donkeys. Basically, Let, let's not, you know, let's not dress it up in any other way. He's got a load of rubbish to deal with, and I, I was thinking about this the other day, and about the only time I think ever since I've been following the Cobblers, it, it, there's not one player that I'd be upset if they went, not one. No. Not not one player no, that I'd be like, oh well, that's that's really I'm really gutted and stuff. There's always been, even even in the days of Gary Johnson and stuff when we were atrocious, when we had the likes of Baz Savage. We still have Michael Jacobs, <laughs> who you'd have been you'd have been gutted if he went and stuff. I know he did go. Baz Savage, the Baz Savage days, you know, the Ashley Corker days. Um, oh, it, but there's always been a, a player here or there that you're like, oh, I'd really, it's really important we keep him, and he, he's worth going along alone just to watch and stuff. You just don't mm. have that at the minute. They're all, they're all like. I, there's just nothing exciting about any of them. And it's uh, the only exciting thing is, you know, a couple of the youngsters coming through. Everyone else it, uh, couldn't care less. 
It's a full house, six fields, in this league mixture between Northampton and Bradford Park Avenue. The players look resplendent in their new t-shirts, and look at these fans in their replica outfits. Spiffing, dear boy. Good show. And there's a goal. Northampton's inside right celebrates by handing his top to a fan in the crowd. He'll treasure that for years to come. You don't have to travel back in time to look as resplendent as a 1930s football team. Just visit the It's All Cobblers to Me store on teespring.com. The referee blows his whistle. Another fine win for the boys in Clarence. Good show. Tell me, it's 1920. What is a podcast? Saturday saw second place Mansfield visit Sixfields. Here's a reminder of what happened. Benning into the near post, it goes, flicked on towards the goal, and into the net! And Mansfield score with their first attack of the contest. I think it may have gone straight in from Benning, it may have got a touch off the centre-back Sweeney. It's going to be Pollock right-footed, plenty of Cobbers players already for, that's decent! And, and the Cobbers equalise for Sam Foley! And at last one of those training ground moves works, everybody surging towards the six-yard box. A second draw in the space for a week for what was a much-changed side for the Cobblers. The starting lineup provided more questions than answers, but it was great to see Scott Pollock make his home debut, wasn't it, guys? It was. What a debut it was as well. I mean, he's, he's, he's come in, like I said, a bit of a surprise to see him in the starting lineup, but it's what we've been calling for. And to me, he's a step above what I've seen so far from the young, young lads. That I've only saw, seen one or two of them, but he he's, seems to be on that next level in terms of his presence and his ability in the middle of a park is not someone who's going to go and take on six men and cause that kind of excitement but his what impressed me most about him was his kind of calmness I guess um, and his ability in the middle of the park just to kind of create stuff from 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 the centre his set pieces another real positive which we'll come to later but we were talking last week last couple of weeks about people taking set pieces who's going to take them and the fact he he can go over to the corner and whip it in and create something is a real positive and something to to use and I just think it was really really good overall performance from him is is the standout person the standout thing of the match because there wasn't anything else to go on really is is Scott Pollock's performance and fair play to the lad well done and Cobbler's fan as well I think I think I saw a picture on social media today of his days on the back of six wheels travel coach. So, um, it's, it's just one of the, it's a great little story. And I think this is, this is the kind of thing that Keith Cole will, will need over the next few weeks just to create this little bit of sense of excitement for next season. Do you think that going back to what you said about, you know, he's, he's maybe a step above the other youth teamers that we've seen so far. Do you, do you think that's a bit surprising? Cause it's not like he came through our actual youth team, is it? And our academy. He came through the uh, the, the educational side of things, which which for me is actually more of a kind of like, you guys aren't quite good enough for maybe the actual youth team, the actual academy. But what we'll do is we'll actually let you have, you know, we'll teach you your normal sort of GCSEs or A-levels or B-tech or something. But at the same time, you'll be able to actually play football as well. So you might not learn, you might not become a professional footballer. You're probably more geared towards working within football at some other level, maybe as a physio or sports scientist or something like that. Does it 
is it more surprising that this lad who wasn't ever part of our youth team is actually the best product of it? Hmm. A little bit. I haven't really thought about it like that. But, um, but yeah, definitely a little bit surprising. But I think when I say he sets himself apart, he, he just seems to have a lot more of a presence about him than some of the other kids have got. And I know the other the others will probably grow into their skin a little bit more and kind of get a bit more confident. But he just seemed to have so much assurance on the ball and so much kind of calm and sort of fits in completely and just really stood out. And I think some of the Mansfield players came up to him afterwards and sort of congratulated him on his performance as well. And he just seemed to really, really slot in. And I just don't, I haven't seen that from many of the other players. I think they've been thrown into difficult situations, some of the other ones, but um, hopefully it'll inspire them a little bit. I wasn't there, uh, true to my word. Um, you were tempted though, weren't you? I remember you saying you were tempted. I, I was tempted. Um, I, I was very tempted. <laughs> and that'll probably be the same on, <laughs> on Good Friday as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, I think the, the, the positive that's come out of it is Scott Pollock, isn't it? And I'm glad as well because he, he came on, didn't he, against Cambridge away um, in a bit of a difficult situation. I think it was him and Jay Williams in centre midfield, wasn't it? And mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that's tough to two sort of 18-year-olds centre midfield on their own and stuff. It's a hard situation. And I, and I think by all accounts, although he didn't disgrace himself or anything against Cambridge, he didn't he didn't stand out or he didn't think, crikey, this guy is good or, or anything. So I'm really pleased that that's happened um, in a bit of a calmer environment for him and, and starting from the start of a game as well and stuff. And just picking up on your point, Charles, um, I guess it is, is slightly surprising to, to come through that that route as opposed to the the normal what's normal but the, the, the normal sort of youth team route um, maybe that's why 5U Sport was so interested in our education programme who knows who knows that's a really good question actually we'll never know the answer we won't that, in no, we won't <laughs> <laughs> so Danny you were at the game yes uh, one of the things that I really want to know about is what what were these corner and free kick routines Tim Oglethorpe was loving it he was Tim Oglethorpe was bordering on heaven. I think he was that excited by fanatical, it. Yeah. wasn't he? Mm. I, I heard the interview afterwards with Big Keith, um, where he was trying to explain them to him, um, and Keith was quite matter of fact about what they were and uh, what did he, what did he say? Something like, "Oh, have they got names?" And Keith was like, "Yeah, yeah, Red Arrows, Constantina." <laughs> Yeah, that's the tape. It's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's what they're called. So they've obviously got code words or something, but I think there is something it's something else to to look at. And it's probably another thing that it's planning for next season, trying to get these try try a few things out. It's it's a bit of a maverick in the big Keith. He'll try a few things out um, yeah. over the next few weeks, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just quite funny that that it's, it's gone with red arrows and a, I didn't I know what the red arrows is. It's kind of when they when they run out running from the outside the box, but the concertino. Can he not at least change it to the claret arrows? He could do. Maybe we should. should uh, see yeah, it. It's just a, just a small point. It, it it just frustrates me. When the other week against <laughs> against Port Vale, uh, the referee kept calling us red because uh, I was I was sat in the east stand and it was pretty quiet, so I could hear what the referee was saying. And every time it went out, he kept saying red ball. Uh, it got to the point where I almost stood up and shouted it, claret, but I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Charles. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> maybe he was asking for a red bull. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was. Yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe like uh, millennial uh, reality TV star Darius, he was colourblind. 
One for the kids. One for the kids. It's good to see the. Uh, it's good to see a bit of mix and match on the old um, set pieces, isn't it? I enjoyed it. I think so. It's yeah, good. it's a positive. It it shows. You know, it's nice that that sort of thing started to happen. I'm amazed that it hasn't, and not necessarily for just for us, just for the cobblers. But I'm amazed it hasn't happened more this season within English football, because think back to the World Cup. Think well, back love to train, it? Well, the love, the train, love train, yeah. train, exactly. Think back to that. I mean, you know, I, I'm amazed that no one has really, you know, decided, do you know what, actually, what would set us apart as a team is if we had some really, really wacky corner routine that, that nobody's, not that nobody's seen before, but that people haven't seen for a number of years and aren't ready and aren't therefore sure how to defend against it. Well, Because that's essentially what say, happened to England in the World Cup. Basically, Alan, Alan Neil is the pioneer of this. I think Keith's found some of Alan Nill's drawings <laughs> in the cupboard. He's just in out the cupboard. Or, or Colin West. Colin West got his lock on. He's like, oh, Keith, found, Keith, found Keith, Keith look at this. Keith, this is genius. What is this? <laughs> to be fair, the week before at Notts County, we, we did nearly score. I, I think we talked about it last week, Neil. Yes. Um, Dean Bovich nearly scored from a free kick routine that looked very similar to that Luton effort that John Joe stuck away a few years ago. What I really want to know, Danny, is can you, can you actually explain to us what the Red Arrows and, and, and the concertina look like? I think I can explain the Red Arrows or the Claret Arrows as we're going for. It's when everyone stands outside the penalty box and the corner comes in and everyone charges in like your said Red Arrows. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that's... It's good to try this stuff. It's isn't not that, that what Razor and Summer used to do? <laughs> yeah, it's not that groundbreaking. Right, rather than standing waiting for the corner to come to you, everyone running it, so you try and get to the ball, meet the ball head on. That's been done many times. I'm not having that. Right, what's the concertina, Danny? That one threw me. I don't know what that is. I saw a few, but I don't know which one the concertina. I'm, I'm imagining it's, they're all in the middle and they concertina outwards. Is that a thing? I think, yeah, I think, isn't it where they sort of start in the middle and then they try and spin their man by going out of the box and then back into it or something like yeah. that? Maybe we're going to have to come up with chants. Like when a corner's about to be taken, we're going to have to start chanting Concertina. Or... <laughs> concertina! Concertina! If it's what leads to goals, then, then fans will start picking up on it, I think. And it will end up being like that, won't it? It's like the whole will score from a corner song. You know, when you haven't scored from a corner for 45 years. Uh, everyone starts going, oh, we can do it now because we've had two corners in the space of 90 minutes. Hopefully, I think we should have one called the Hokey Cokey. <laughs> I think that could work. Yeah, and how, how would that in, work? In the box, yeah. out of the box. Yeah, in, out, in, and, out. Yeah, you know the rest. <laughs> yeah. any, any other ideas that we've got for corner routines? I'm going with Macarena. Oh, the Macarena. Nice. Yeah. How does that work, Danny, in practice? Can you can you describe it to us? On the Macarena? No, no not the Macarena, but the, your version of it for a corner <laughs> routine. Um, no. No. Come back to me on that. I, 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 think, I think whatever it <laughs> no, is, there should be a version of it that is slightly <laughs> tweaked called the Saturday Night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it. And the, um, Wick- yeah, oh, Wickfield. Yeah, I like that. That's a good shout. What about the the thriller? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've I've got visions of all the players stood there just just lifting their hands up from one side to the other. With um, the Macarena, I've I've had a quick think about how this is going to work. Okay, 
Um, oh, this is going to be big, yeah, Danny. Right, going come big. On. Um, so they all come and dance beside me, um, and then they move with me, chant with me, and if they're good, I'll take them home with me. That's uh, how the Macarena works. So a variation on that. Mm. That was built up too. It was much by yourself. I, mean, I, I, I didn't build I'm, it up. I'm disappointed in myself <laughs> for building it up. <laughs> any more? Any more corner routine ideas? Uh, the can can. Yes. Do we do? This is all just line up, link linking arms, and just all kick the kick the feet up in the air until it goes. Yeah, in. yeah. Hopefully the ball hits one of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, the other one? The conga. The conga. <laughs> <laughs> the conga can't fail, can it? Well, the the conga is just a bit like the love train, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is. It basically is. But the with love the whole train, team, maybe that's the difference. Maybe yes. you let everybody, yeah. including the goalkeeper, in one long line. <laughs> the oops upside your head. Oh, I'd like to see that. They all start sat down in the penalty area. Yeah. Just the jump. ball comes in and they all jump up. And yeah, I like that, Danny. That's a good one. Think I've like redeemed myself from the Macarena. I th- Absolutely, you have. yeah, that's brilliant. I enjoyed that one. So we did actually score from one of these corner kick routines. I believe that it was the Red Arrows version, Danny. Clara Arrows, Clara Arrows, yeah, Clara Arrows, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little goal, isn't it? Can we talk about their um, their lack of a routine for their goal first? Didn't need one. Didn't need one. It's straight in. <laughs> I don't know what you call that routine, but it's. Uh, that's a Michael Jacobs, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a, yeah. Michael Jacobs did do that there. once before, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah, Michael yeah. Jacobs actually went, uh, his, like... He did it on purpose, it, is that what you're saying, Neil? Kind of, and it, it it went in with, like, I don't know, I think it went towards panache. the top. It went in with panache. Panache, yeah. Like panache Taylor. <laughs> theirs was almost like a, a panache Taylor, Jesus. <laughs> well, theirs was almost like... Where it bounces back off the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neil. Oh, no, you're fine. Talking of Ash Taylor, I wouldn't keep Ash Taylor either. <laughs> yeah, just to clarify. I think Ash Taylor's been teaching the Mansfield subs how to, how to shoot. Oh, no, if that was the case, if that was the case, then people would have been in danger in Mega Bowl, not That's in true. the North Stand. Um, they scored from a corner. Uh, I'm blaming Di Cornell. Even if it's not his fault, it's his fault. Um, we scored from our corner routine. Their keeper didn't do very well for that either and looked massively overweight and like a builder. So he'll be our number one choice next season? Is that what he's... <laughs> Potentially, yes. Yeah, the keeper didn't look on it all afternoon, actually, saying that. And he should have been more commanding. I would have been annoyed if I was Mansfield fans that he weren't commanding his area then. Because um, yeah. it was a pretty straightforward header for Foley, wasn't it? Did did their their corner? I know it was it was direct from a corner as such, but did it take a, a nick on its way through or anything like that? Not anyway? score, no. it, it doesn't look like it on the highlights. I think it went straight. Yeah, pretty much curled straight in. So, just out of interest, then, what, a good result in the end, one all against Mansfield. Are, are we happy with that as a result at this time of the season? Uh, I don't really care. If I'm honest. Um, the season's over for me. I'm done. I'm I've on the beach. Off. I'm on the beach. Yeah, I'm officially on the beach. Um, I think it's a good result, isn't it? Mansfield, were, were they third or second? They were second at the kickoff on, on Saturday. They're now third. Barry have gone ahead of them. 
So that's a, you've got to look at it as a good point. But I think by all accounts, Danny, you were there. Um, I think I read that, I can't remember who said it. Was it Turnbull or, or someone said it, uh, that we made them look ordinary? Well, we did it. It's, it's this thing again that even the top teams in this league aren't very, aren't great from, from what I've seen yeah. of them. And I don't think they were very good at all, really, Mansfield. We could have, I think if we, we score the first goal, it's a different story. They, their chance is probably the first... I wouldn't even call it a shot and goal, would it? It wasn't a chance. <laughs> they were really ordinary, but then again, we were as well. And I don't, I think it's a good result, but the performance, I don't think, was still. It wasn't apart from Scott Pollock. I don't think it was very good at all. Um, and if we'd have lost that game, we would have had a lot of questions coming out of it still. And th- especially the first half, it was shocking. First half again, um, just nothing, nothing there. We had a few corners which we were playing for again. But passing general play, like Keith Curl was saying, that we haven't got the players to to even do basics right, and we, I don't think we were still doing it. Um, I think we just about deserved the, the point on the run of the game, and I think that is a bit to do with Mansfield not being completely at the races because if they're second, they must have had some better performances than this. I would have thought um, they were really, really ordinary. I thought. Well, thank you very much for summing the game up there for us, Danny. It's it's a pleasure to have you back. It's lovely to be back ruining the podcast again. Postman. Neil. Postman. Neil. Postman. Neil. It's black and white cat. This week on the Postbag, we're asking all of our thousands and thousands of followers. Uh, we wanted to know everyone's favourite Easter egg cobblers players of days gone by. By Easter egg, we meant bald. Bald players. Um Start. We started off with Super Gavin Johnson. Do you remember Gavin? How could I forget? He is a prime example of an Easter egg, isn't he? He is, and he, he was. His spell was. We had numerous Johnsons during his time, and he was the only Easter egg, wasn't he? Yes, I think he was. Yeah, John Johnson hair. Yeah. Bradley Johnson hair. Yeah, Brett Johnson hair. very much hair. Gavin Johnson distinct lack of hair. No hair. So we've had quite a few responses um, and we'll kick off with Ian Taylor. Definitely used a Bic. Did he? Did he need to use a Bic? Just to tidy it up, you know. Just to tidy it up, tidy it up. I loved Ian Taylor when he played for us. He was brilliant, wasn't he? I don't think I ever truly appreciated at the time how much of a legend he actually was football-wise for Aston Villa. Um, Mm. You know, and, and how good of a career he'd had I think he was so a bit of the, the same with Sean Dyche really I don't think I really truly appreciated at the time that the, the type of player that I was seeing uh, in a cobbler's shirt mm, it's whereas, a rare thing isn't it mm, whereas with Ian Jess I think I always Ian felt Jess. like I was watching someone is it Ian or Owen Jess I never oh, know you are talking about him just checking mm. I'm never sure how you said his name but um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to try no so. but no I, I always thought with him that we were watching someone that was really good, a really good footballer that was coming towards the end of his career. But I don't think I appreciated Dyche and Taylor in the same way, and I should have done, and that's a mistake on my part. It is a mistake, and you should um, feel bad about that. Go and learn your lesson, I do. Chance. I do. When uh, Jabba Wibire ends his career here next season, I want to see you stand innovation from you, Charles. Me too. Are you really suggesting that Jabba Abire is in the same <laughs> league as Sean Dyche and Ian Taylor? 
No, that was for comic effect, Charles. Good. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Daniel. <laughs> there was a, a, when Ian Taylor played his last game, there was that brilliant moment, wasn't it, where he took his boots off. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was a great Threw him over his shoulder on the way up. Yeah, that's it. Done. Yeah. Right, ready for some more baldies? Baldies, yes. yes, let's do it. Mark Josiah, he says Big John Gale, which is the only way to say his name. Uh, it is Big John Gale. Uh, mm-hmm. And he says, actually, he's sure the North Stand used to sing a song about his head being like an Easter egg to the tune of Come By Ya back in the day. Can you think uh, of this? Can you remember it? I can't. Why can't? Uh, Mark goes on to say, you'd be arrested for doing the same nowadays, but it was an affectionate song towards the big fella. Big bold head, my lord. No, you say, I don't see what's offensive about that. <laughs> Uh, no, not do I. If that's how it was, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember it. So we'll move on. Um, a couple of shouts saying uh, there's no contest. It's clearly Adebayo Akinfenwa is the best best Easter egg player we've ever had. Mm. Ooh, y- y- ooh, potentially, yes. He's definitely up there. I'd say he's definitely something that you'd like to open on an Easter Sunday morning. Yes, I would definitely like to open Adebayo Akinfenwa on a Sunday morning and and every morning, really, to be honest. Um, I would like to see Bayo Akinfenwa and John Gale in the same team. Ooh. Well, if if you believe the rumours, Danny, you, <laughs> may well get, you may well get to see one of them for us Ooh. next season. Big um, John, can't wait. How about David Hunt? Oh, do you yeah. know what? I'd, I'd nearly forgotten about David Hunt. That's a good shout. Did um, anybody become an Easter egg while they were with us? Because I mean, imagine being at the Cobblers is, you know, you lose a few hairs over the years. Don't you? So. Uh, John Frayne, he, he, I know yeah. he never had a full, he never had a full, full head of hair, but he definitely lost more of it while he was with us, didn't he? Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Then. But I don't think I think it's rare that anyone stays with us long enough to to go through the process of losing their hair. I don't know if this is very fair for me to say, but I've always thought of John uh, as John Frayne as being quite old. Yeah, he yes. always looked quite old, didn't he? Yeah. It's not like... I, I can't imagine John Frayne as a sprightly 20-year-old left-back. Mm. Well, he must have been at some point. He must have been, yes. But for me, he he will always, I don't know, almost feel grandfatherly. Mm. Graham Kavanagh-like, he was another one. Yeah, but he was a bit of an idiot, wasn't he? Yeah. Whereas John, John Frayne was a lovely fella. Well, he still is. He's not dead. <laughs> no, he's definitely alive. Unlike Danny. Uh, Don't like Danny. Uh, how about Chris Burns? Ironic, really. <laughs> As in he's got no sides. That's what you mean, isn't yeah, it? That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh dear. Burns. It's been mentioned a few times in the post. Where I got Chris Burns, mm-hmm. forgotten hero. Uh, I think, uh, a forgotten hero. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and then uh, a final shout out was Ryan Cresswell. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big. Big Easter egg. Big shiny Easter egg as well, I like to think. Great, big, shiny Easter egg, but a great guy. Now, now do we do we include... Because I'm trying to remember this now, and I'm not sure, and I, I might be completely wrong here, but at, nowadays, so I don't know necessarily if he was back in the day, but Neil Larry Grayson's got a good old Easter egg on him these days. He has. Did he have he one has. back in the day? What did he have? He, hair? he was. He, he had was a bit thinning. Of yeah, he was thinning, but he had sort of he had very light light hair anyway, didn't he? Mm. I tell you what, I'd like to see. I'd love to see one of our players that a bit like you know one of the Charlton brothers back in the day. Bit of a comb over. 
yeah, clearly thinning, but trying to fight it. <laughs> John, you John know, don't do that quite well. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> which oh, the don't say that to John Joe. No, but when, when it gets to that point, I mean, the difference is, of course, these days is you've got like hair treatments available, haven't you? Like weird surgery where they Implants. put grass seed into your head and, and make it grow. That's that's exactly what they do, yeah. and you use a watering can on it, <laughs> yeah, Charles. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one. <laughs> there was one really other shout. <laughs> there, uh, the last. There was another shout which I'd forgotten about. Sorry, uh, it was Jack on Twitter who suggested Jason Taylor. Yes, quintessential. Yeah, uh, Easter egg. The, the thinking man's Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we ever had a goalkeeper without any hair? A bald goalkeeper. We must have done. Was Freddie Hall? Did he have hair? Oh, good shit. No. No, he didn't, did he? Woody was definitely losing his, wasn't he? Yeah, but when he when he joined, oh, the luscious. Well, there's a theme going on. There's a theme of players that Ian Atkins has worked with losing their hair during their time. (laughs) (laughs) It's all that running up the hill they had to do, isn't it? Actually, (laughs) it looks like, uh, just had a look at Freddie Hall, he does seem to have some hair. Let down. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of a fully a fully bald keeper. What about Nathan Abbey? Did he have hair? I mean, debatable whether he was a keeper or not. But did he did he have hair? And we'll just wait for Danny to consult his encyclopedia of football players. Google. Uh, hold on, let me just find the page. Um, it's probably around about page three hundred and seventy-five, Danny. Not under goalkeepers. <laughs> Substitute. Oh, here we go. A Abbey. Yeah, yeah, it's got some hair during his time here, it looks like. Oh, he did so lose it afterwards, it looks like. So we've never had a bald goalkeeper? Well, I'm sure we have somewhere along the line. Ever got... in the history of however many years we've been going, 120, whatever it is, we've never had a bald goalkeeper ever. Tweet us, your bald goalkeepers. We've probably forgotten one. Fabi- Fabian Bartes. Oh, you mean for us, don't yeah, you? For, yeah, for yeah us. not just, not yeah, just right. random bald goalkeepers. Right, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, that sounds like a good place to end the post bag. So um, thanks for all your input this week um, and look out for next week's question, which who knows what it could be. I'm Chris Hargreaves and it's all cobblers to me. This Friday afternoon, the cobblers take on Sol Campbell's Macclesfield Town in the penultimate home game of the season. The last time we faced the Silkman, Matt Crook scored four first-half goals in a 5-0 win. Aaron Pierre getting the final goal, making us wait until the very last minute. Now, without Crooks, the Cobblers will be looking to the likes of Hoskins, Pollock and Daniel Powell. Here's Macclesfield fan Ian Stewart on their season so far and who we should be looking out for on Good Friday. Hi, my name's Ian Stewart. I've been a Macclesfield Town uh, supporter for about 20 years now, I would say. And it started so well at uh, Swindon Town. Uh, 2-1 up, and then injury time happened. Two goals for uh, Swindon Town. Uh, uh, completely undone. And that was the first game under Mark Yates. And from there, it just all went downhill. Defeat after defeat and late goal after late goal that uh, denied a victory. I think Newport County stood out as well. No more boosting win came. Um, in fact, Mark Yates left uh, after a defeat to Notts County. And then uh, and came, came a very long sort of period between then of uh, seeing whether Danny Whittaker could take a claim to the uh, job on a permanent basis. But unfortunately, results still seem to go away. I seem to remember as well that there was a 5-0 hammering by a certain uh, Northampton town. 
However, I think things have definitely changed a lot since uh, since Sol Campbell came in. I mean, there was a lot of media attention, perhaps unsurprisingly, when he was appointed. But again, I think the fact that we've now got to a position where he didn't have a win in about the first 12 uh, games, but uh, given the abysmal start to the season, to be in the position that we're actually now in, two points, uh, the relegation zone is uh, is quite a reward, I think, under Sol Campbell. But um, obviously, it's still not over until it's over. I think the key players for Macclesfield this season have been uh, Elliot Durrell, the uh, uh, right midfielder. He never played under Mark Yates at all. That's mostly down due to injury, I would say. It wasn't just because he didn't sort of uh, to be fluent with the style that uh, Mark Yates would play. But he gets the ball into the box and uh, he gets real pace down the wing that provides uh, crosses and has uh, certainly, uh, certainly been an effort for, uh, for, 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 getting into the, uh, for getting into the box and uh, ensuring real trouble for, uh, for any, um, any team. And for the prediction, I mean, who knows what will happen ahead of these next uh, few, uh, next few weeks in these uh, incredibly vital uh, games. I've got to be optimistic for once and say uh, Northampton Town 1, uh, Macclesfield 2. Harry Smith and Reese Cole, I, I imagine, to get the goals. Or possibly even off the bench, the good experience of Danny Whittaker. I'm Chris Freestone and it's all cobblers to me. So should we be expecting a big win to kickstart our Easter weekend, Neil? Uh, no. Another draw? <laughs> no. But, like, probably. Um I think that you know they're for all his all the ridicule that Sol Campbell has had over the past few years for being very outspoken and you know very confident in his own ability. You can't deny he's done a pretty good job there, hasn't he? No, surprisingly so. I think, in fairness, he got a lot. There was a lot of stick from him, wasn't there? And not just from you know places like Twitter and Facebook, but from mainstream media as well. I, I, I remember, you know, there was a lot of you know, uh, Sky Sports and and places like that ridiculing him for for suggesting that he could go in and, you know, manage a a big team to success and that he wasn't being given the opportunity basically because of who he was and uh, and this, that and the other. And it was just like, well, you know, he gets the Maxfield job and, and, you know, he's got them off the bottom of the league and even out of the relegation zone. He's, He's doing a decent job there. Hmm. But they lost their first, well, they didn't win in the first twelve games or something, wasn't it? They, so he, he has done a, a great job. I, I want to go back to his appointment actually because I enjoyed the way they announced him by putting a glass of soul beer on the table and uh, tweeting it out, saying "Drink anyone." I like that. That's and, uh, we could have done similar with with Keith Curl. We could have had some curling tongs. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to think what you would have put there when Gary Johnson was appointed. <laughs> just a steaming pile of yeah okay right <laughs> <laughs> he's done well he's done yeah, he has done well to be fair to him hasn't he and uh, meeting of the minds on the touchline again isn't it Campbell and Cole yeah uh, I don't think rivalries it, in the past I think uh, when we played them earlier in the season it was we expected to win and we probably expected to win with relative ease but it's probably not going to be quite the same uh, that was a lovely uh, I follow evening wasn't it that it was it was probably one of the best ones it was the best one of the season 
Well, apart from Sam Hoskins' Wonder Goal, obviously. Oh yeah, obviously for you, it's Danny. Nice. That's that's I know you've got that recorded and saved, but um, I, I think I don't know. I mean, how did, how have Macclesfield been getting on recently? Well, uh, in their last five games, they've won one, lost one, and drawn three. Their last game was away at Forest Green Rovers, and they lost two nil. Um, but they, they, to be fair. They're not doing bad for where they are in the league. And as I said before, they are now 22nd, so they are outside of the relegation zone. Yeovil have dropped in and Notts County at the very bottom. Um, so I think we're in for a, a tougher game than than we might want it to be on Friday afternoon. I don't mind us losing, to be honest. Um, it's really on the beach. I've <laughs> got, you know... Is it what's the same method to the madness? Um, mm. that uh, I feel like Macclesfield will be less of a challenge next season than Notts County potentially could be. So I'd much rather Notts County get relegated than Macclesfield. Um, that's my method there. Who do um, things go? I think I've, I really think you overlook going. I think uh, you've said that for a while, Danny. And I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, they've been dropping and they're, they're struggling really badly, aren't they? And we've got them to play as well, haven't we? What's, what's the um opposite of Kingmakers because that's what we could be in the next few weeks. See, now, personally, I would rather Macclesfield stayed up over Notts County or Yeovil. I, I mean, to be honest, out of out of all of them, I would much rather that, that we lost the other two than Macclesfield, simply for location purposes for me. I like a nice, easy trip to Macclesfield. It's not all about um, you, Charles. I know, but I also think that they're, an, they're a side that we've actually had a better, better record against over recent years than either Notts County or Yeovil. Um, but I've just been thinking about this actually. Um, actually, Notts County does have hooters. Neil, hello. I'm the voice of Gaviscon, Max Rushton, and it's all cobblers to me. Uh, referee, there is one, isn't there? There is. You'd like to think so. I mean, it'd be funny if there wasn't. Uh, Kevin Johnson, the referee. Hey, Johnson. Uh, uh, relative of Johnson's across the world. Um, <laughs> the Johnson clan. The Johnson family. Um, did, his did last Cobblers game was a was the 2-1 defeat against Forest Green on New Year's Day. I think we lost in the last minute, didn't we? We did. Fond memories of that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, we did. Sent off, uh, rightfully sent off John Joe in the EFL Champions League against Oxford mm-hmm. early in the year. Was mm-hmm. that when Kevin Van Veen scored a wonder goal? Mm. It was. Another I follow special yeah. was. God rest his soul. <laughs> it's all right, he'll be back. When uh, Scunthorpe get relegated, he'll be back. <laughs> um, uh, his last Macclesfield game was a 2-0 win over Ashley Hoskins Crawley in December. Um, that was obviously before Ashley Hoskins turned uh, turned on Crawley turned. in a vicious manner. He turned, yeah. Defected to Notts County. Defected, defecated all over Crawley. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, so he's shown 122 yellows and six reds this season, which uh, seems about average, isn't it? Yeah, well, how many games has he reft? Um, don't know, 30-ish, probably. Yeah, you've just guessed, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, what's that? <laughs> well, he's probably around 30. Probably about 30 odd. <laughs> he did send off uh, Ivan Tony as well a few weeks ago, which... Thoroughly deserved, I reckon. It's not that interesting, but you know. Nah, th- yeah, thoroughly deserved because he's he's 
he's sent him know, off for, for going to that bunch down the road. He's gone to the dark side, hasn't he? Mm. So, so he might not, be an okay ref. Yeah. He might be an okay Sorry. ref, in fairness. He might be a closet cobbler. He could be. Mm. The best type to be. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I have a question. I think we must have a few of them, actually. What questions? Um, <laughs> no, a few um, closet cobblers who who were mystifyingly absent from the game. Because they, the cobblers Twitter put up a poll for Man of the Match, didn't they? And they said... 6,100 votes were cast and there was only about 5,000 in the grand <laughs> In fairness, though, if people were watching uh, on iFollow, you know, there, there could have been a 1,000 people on holiday from Northampton uh, who chose a to... 1,000 people not in England watching online. No. You never know. And, and literally, you never will know because we'll probably never get to see the facts, the, the listening and what the What I'm saying, Charles, is I'm demanding a pe- people's vote on this. <sighs> Put it to the people. Put it. No. You had a week off last week. Um, anyway, I've got a question. Yes, go on, Neil. <laughs> when we do our predictions this week, can we also predict how many Macclesfield fans will be there? Oh, yes. Let's do that. Yes. I enjoy it. Should we do the predictions now? Are we ready for some predictions? Are you predict a riot? Let's go. Good. Uh, go on, Danny. You're, you're back. Let's have your prediction uh, first. Are we predicting the score or how many Macclesfield fans Both. are there? Both. We'll do Both, score Danny. first. Score, right. goal scorers, and then the number of Macclesfield fans. All right. 3-3, three, three, obviously. Hmm. Um, Hoskins, obviously. Um, who else is going to score? I'm going with Sam Foley to score again. He's going to go on a streak. Um, the women will like that. They would. Very much so. And I think... Is going to be a surprise goal from Jordan Turnbull, who is going to score a tap in after Hoskins beats four men. The turn dog, go on the turn dog. Turn dog. I can see. I can see Jordan scoring. To be fair, at some point in his career, because he does like to have a decent shot <laughs> from career. just outside the area. <laughs> but a tap in, I think, is a bit unfair. Why? Well, because he, he does like to have it's a good shot. A, um, but it's going to be from Macarena's corner routine. Oh, okay. He gets scrambled away. Hoskins beats four men on the rebound and sort of he shoots, it's going in, but Turnbull nicks it. Okay. And I claim it as a Hoskins goal. So 3-3. Three, three, and to keep up with that theme, 33 Macclesfield fans. Nice. Um, Just to clarify, Danny, uh, Jordan Turnbull hmm. has scored one goal in his whole career so far. I'm going to go with a one-all draw. And um, Ash Taylor's going to score. He's going to he's going to score from um, the the bowling alley, and um, strike. He's going to uh, celebrate wildly um, up the hill, um, and we will all come here and wish that he was staying with us for next season. At the end of it, on next week's podcast, and there'll be um, twelve Macclesfield fans. Twelve. How many Macclesfield fans did you say, Danny? Uh, 33. It's 33. a bit more optimistic for me. I mean, they're in a relegation scrap, aren't they? So there might be a few more than usual. Prediction. Uh, who we play? Macclesfield. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like name that bench all over again. When, when's this Friday? Good Friday. Um, what time's kickoff? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. By the time you finished, it would have happened. <laughs> Three o'clock kickoff, Macclesfield. Good Friday. Uh, I'm going to go with four all. Oh, for all. For all. Another draw. The Good Friday agreement there. Yes. Yep. For all. Uh, I'm going to go goal scorer, Scott Pollock. Mm. He'll score. All of them. 
Uh, no. Uh, Scott Pollock will score. Definitely, he'll get one. So, Scott Pollock's one of the goal scorers. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Andy Williams. Sorry, so who's going to get the first one? So, I'm not saying he's going to get the first one, but I definitely think Scott Pollock will score. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, Andy just Williams. To check that. That was all. Andy Williams with a brace. Oh, brace. And I think one from... I've forgotten his name. Um, it's a good start. <laughs> good ending Sam, to the podcast. It's not Sam Togwell. Who's that fellow we've got on loan from Scunthorpe? Who's that? <laughs> from Scunthorpe? Charlie Goode. Charlie Goode. Yep, Sam not, Togwell. He, we had him on loan from Scunthorpe once, didn't we? <laughs> so, just to recap... Um, Andy Williams with two, Marcus, a yeah, brace. Marcus, Marcus at home, three o'clock, good Friday. Andy Williams with two. Uh, Charlie Goode with one. And yeah. Scott, Scott Pollock will definitely score a goal on, on Friday, probably direct from a corner. Macclesfield fans, uh, 107. So Macclesfield, 107? 107. 107. The Sol Campbell effect. Right. <laughs> And so we come to the end of this week's show. Thanks for listening and don't forget you can contact us on Twitter and on Facebook with your thoughts, feelings and comments on all things Cobblers. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all other podcast places. It's completely free and means you'll get the next episode straight to your device. We'll see you next after the Easter weekend. But for now, we're all off to think of some new corner kick routines. Goodbye. Come over to my place. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.